Hey everyone, welcome back to the second season of Nevermind the Gap. Um, it's a podcast where we explore the different gaps in our lives and through coaching, how we can bridge those gaps. My name is Lindsay Hanari. My name is Carmen Kadir. And we are your co-hosts. Uh, we took the summer off, um, one to beat the heat and two as we all know, uh, schedules go out the window. Yeah, that's actually true. I love the part about beating the heat. <laughs> yeah, we, we've had a doozy of a summer. <laughs> so, you know, we're very excited actually to be back. I think season one was a very rich season. We talked about so many different topics and I, I really just loved, you know, the different types of episodes where we focused on a specific theme or topic of interest. But Lindsay and I today were thinking about just diving into, you know, having our listeners have a better understanding of the value of what coaching is. Um, and, you know, how can they potentially partner with an experienced and certified coach? Yes, experienced and certified are a big part of that. Um, but at the same time, when people ask me, oh, what's a coach? And you pause, right? <laughs> it's it's not an yeah. easy one. And I'm like, well, it depends. And for the longest mm -hmm. time, coaching was defined by what it is not. And we'll get into that. But for the moment, um, Carmen, why don't you tell us sort of what the... Uh, sort of official certified coach, we're going to be using the International Coaching Federation definition, which is also used um, by other certification organizations like board certified coaches. So why don't you go into what that mm -hmm. definition is? And then I will, um, since we're both in Houston, we're members of the local chapter, what that means, just as a baseline definition. Sure. So the International Coaching Federation um defines coaching as partnering in a thought-provoking creative process that inspires a person to maximize their personal and professional potential. So basically, it's the hub agency that all certified professional coaches um, follow. And what I mean when I also say that is that, you know, we go through stringent, we have to meet stringent education and experience requirements um, and we also needed to have demonstrated a thorough understanding of coaching competencies that the International Coaching Federation actually sets in place for our profession. Um, so we go through, you know, these strict ethical guidelines and other competencies as part of the ICF's mission to protect and serve coaching consumers. Um, and I think that this is just the agency that is used globally. And, you know, when you are looking for a coach, I would encourage you to look for an ICF credential coach. Um, I actually have a BCC, which is a board certified coaching certification. And that one is issued by the Center for um, Continuing Education, but it still follows what the ICF credentialing sort of metrics and, and criterias are required to be met. Yeah. And so... You know, if you look at the ICF Houston website, I think they summarize it really well. You know, anyone can call themselves a coach. Credentialed coaches, specifically those who go through ICF, International Coaching Federation, or organizations that look to the ICF uh, for certification, such as board certified, 
um, were professional coaches who've met stringent education and experience requirements. And we under, we demonstrated, you know, through oral and coach knowledge assessment, understanding of coaching competencies. Um, and here's the thing. We also adhere to strict ethical guidelines, and that's part of the mission to protect and serve coaching consumers. So who uses coaching? Business and organizational leaders, managers, professionals, and individuals engage coaches to enhance their professional careers or even their personal lives. And so you can use a coach in a variety of factors. And before we dive into that, Carmen, I'd love to hear how you came to coaching because your background is as a doctor scientist. Yes, it was actually really interesting. Um, I sort of pivoted from the medical to the clinical research world. And then after that was overseeing more project management operations um, in academic medical center settings and also um, in private healthcare systems. And what I was really noticing is that a majority of the issues were not really financially or operationally driven. <laughs> it actually had to do with you know, people maximizing their professional potential. Um, and so I had to work really closely with sort of tapping into and trying to enhance people's um, skill sets on the spot. And so it became more professional development. Um, and that was sort of the day in and day out sort of responsibilities that I had. So by default, I internally became um, a coach for healthcare systems. And then after so many years of doing it, I have been in the healthcare industry for 21 years now, um, going on 22 years, I decided, you know, I think it would be really beneficial to become an external coach, meaning that I'm not just contracted to one particular um, agency or institution. I actually have my own coaching firm now that I am a board certified coach and can offer services to different uh, institutions at the same time. Hmm. Doctor, heal thyself, or system, heal thyself. I, I always, you know, in my, the back of my mind, you're working with the systems and the people within those systems who are delivering healthcare. I am, and I think you brought it up. You you coined it really well one day in one of our episodes for season one. That you said we're sort of the second brains, and we kind of really are the second brains. Um, you know, a lot of times. The majority of the time, really, individuals have their answer of what they would like to do, how they would like to go from point A to point B, but they either can't really get there or, you know, they don't have really like the vision to see how they can, you know, work their way to sort of seeing their goals come to fruition. Um, or sometimes it's just more fear driven too, as well. So, we do wonderful work and that we partner with them really closely, I think, and that we're able to be sort of that second brain to help them think so that they can reach that goal that they so desperately want to reach. Mm, yeah. And how about you? I mean, I think since you come from a different industry than I come from, um, and, you know, it's been remarkable actually working with you. And we'll talk about how Lindy and I met, but how did you become a coach? Wow. Um... I came from professional services, so I came from a totally different background. I was in financial services and investment management and found myself not only just loving my client work, but really developing the younger generation um, on how to get from point A to point B. And that that's really what coaching is. It's a journey, right? And 
when we moved to Houston, I took a step back from that professional world and I joke, um, I don't know if it's funny or not, I failed as a stay-at-home mom in that I, I needed to re-engage my brain. And I found that this desire to help people avoid that feeling mm -hmm. of something's wrong, not in their life, but in their professional life, because I'd been there myself. And literally, it started at my kitchen table with other moms I met at the playground. Um, this is Houston. Mm -hmm. We have a highly educated workforce um, between NASA, the medical center, um, oil and gas, lots of uh, people and women with graduate degrees and sometimes taking a step off. And I, I'm not the coach of, you know, if you've been a parent or taken some time as a caregiver to get back on. And by the way, we have resources of who you can go to for that. Um, but it really was helping them figure out, hey, where I am right now, something's not working and I'd like to figure out how to move forward. And so they just literally started at my kitchen table. Um, having coffee. And a lot of these women said, oh my God, my husband's driving me crazy. Can you please talk to him? And it was for people in professional services, but you know, it really is, okay, if you're unhappy or something's not working, a lot of times people think, well, I need to change jobs. And different is just different. It's not necessarily better. So taking that time to thoughtfully pause, and that's what I like to call coaching. It's a thoughtful pause to explore to experiment. And I know that sounds very woo-woo or not, you know, hardcore ROI enough, but sometimes it's the role, but not the company. It could be your immediate manager, or you have followed a track that's gotten you to in a position that's taken you really far away with what sort of lights you up. So that is not a very great concrete answer. Um, but what was really important along that journey is to understand what coaching is or isn't, um, because it depends, right? You know, what do you seek? Are you looking for answers or a solution? That's consulting. Are you looking to build a skill? That's training. If you're looking for guidance towards a decision or options, that's coaching. How you get there, the actual plan is consulting, the tactics, taking action, holding yourself accountable and making progress, that's coaching. Um, you know, if you're very outcome or ROI driven, fixing, solving, answering, that's consulting, training and advisory. And it's not to say that we don't do that as part of the coaching, but we'll be very clear. Um, Coaching is about being, and it sounds very woo-woo, um, but it plays a really important role. You know, so think about a busy executive. Um, do you really have the time? You know, it's lonely at the top. Um, you know, to sit back, to explore, to create options. Um, it's a thoughtful pause. Like, what's getting in the way? You know, what's within your locus of control? And our role is to challenge assumptions, be a catalyst for clarity and be an accountability partner to apply what you design or take away from coaching sessions. How does that sit with you? I mean, I love everything you just um, explained, especially some of these powerful questions that you use because it is really exploration and it's driven by the coachee. So the client is the one 
that is formulating their thoughts and their own answers. And we're just there kind of to help them as an accountability partner. Okay. You know, what are the steps uh, for you to actually get to this either greater version of yourself or achieve a specific goal that you've been wanting to achieve. Um, so it's, it lands perfectly well. And then the other thing I will add is what coaching is not. <laughs> so we're not therapists. Uh, we will never really focus on traumatic incidents um, and actually talk about the healing process of the trauma. Um, I think we as coaches validate uh, traumatic events that individuals actually go through. For example, I do have a certification as a trauma-informed professional coach, but the way I use that is not to um, counsel you or to be a therapist or anything like that. I use it more as this is in your past, and so now forward-facing, looking forward, what are some things we can do either uh, that can empower us from those traumas or um, not be able to repeat the same things again, you know, but again, it's forward-facing. Um, and it's not really looking at the past. So I think it's important to talk about that we're not therapists and we're not counselors or anything like that, uh, for that matter. And there's always, you know, I always have clients that actually have both, which is really interesting. They have a coach and they have a therapist. Um, and I think that that's sometimes it's a perfect mix because they are able to work on some of those traumatic incidents and events in their past and kind of iron that out. Um, but they are forward facing in terms of their goals and plans, you know, working closely with me. And, th and that's, you know, if there is um, sort of a line in the sand, that's it. Coaching is present and future focused. We're not mm -hmm. trying to diagnose. We're not trying to fix or cure. And we will absolutely, you know, in the course of a coaching engagement with a client, if we feel that they're better served by therapy, we will absolutely recommend that. Mm -hmm. um, coaching tends to be more, as you said, present and future focused. It's about mm -hmm. experimentation and taking action. There's absolutely an awareness of the past, um, you know, but how the past may be impacting the present. We touch on the past, but we don't dwell on it. So. Typical example, um, both male and female clients, you know, a pleaser, the mm -hmm. answer has to be right. So therefore, it's hard to delegate. They take on too much, you know, in their training, soft skills weren't important. Well, they've been promoted to a leadership role and what got them here won't take them there. And that's that's Marshall Goldsmith. It's a whole book. It'll be in our resources. But you know, early on in our careers that keep your head down, the really hard work, saying yes to everything gets you, you know, sort of the admission ticket to mm -hmm. management or upper leadership. And Very true. <laughs> a lot of my individual clients, and we'll talk the difference between individual group, team, or professional development coaching, um, the individuals say, gosh, I've gotten this feedback or I feel like I've tapped out, or, I mean, I'm just talking, you know, throwing stuff out right. from engagements that I've had. Gosh, I always hated small talk in politics, or at least that's what I thought it was. And what I realize now, it's building relationships, creating a peer network. Um, you know, oh, I never want to toot my own horn. Well, nobody knows the work that I do, and it's not up to me. So how do you, or I never learned how to communicate at say a 30,000 foot altitude, which is what your sea level needs. I don't need to know, 
everything that's going on on the runway right now. And, you know, being in Houston with its engineers, both in oil and gas and in aerospace, um, for the intense, you know, financial engineering, it's like, wow, I know how to give a ton of details, right? Well, the audience doesn't need all of those details and I lose them. Right. No, I, I completely agree. And I love that. I love that you also brought up that example in one of our previous seasons too, you know, being on an airplane at like a 33,000 foot altitude. And that's really what it is. I mean, you you have global oversight of what's going on in terms of your institution or your organization. So um, really just keeping high points, high bullet points is really important. And being able to transition to that type of thought process can be sometimes for some people very challenging as well. Um, especially, yeah. especially when, you know, as say a technology consultant mm-hmm. or an engineer, uh, you know, it has mm-hmm. to be right. Right. And being able to let go from that and manage people and the most common at least that I've seen, whether it's a professional development program that a company mm-hmm. hires coaches to help the, the the high potentials or the new leaders integrate. So you go into training, right? You have one or two days of training. It's offsite. It's great. And then you have to catch up with all of the work and you get busy and you don't have time to process and integrate. So a lot of companies will hire coaches to help mm-hmm. their uh, all this money and time that they're investing in these new leaders, okay, how do we process and integrate that? And again, I know that sounds woo-woo, but if you don't have that thoughtful pause, it's just going to be, hey, that was nice to have, but I don't have the time. And so you have maybe six coaching sessions as Mm -hmm. part of a leadership development program. I think those are wonderful, to be honest with you. I think they're great because you are actually, everyone is going in at the same time and getting that type of one-on-one coaching separately, right? So every every individual is actually assigned with a specific coach. And then you work very closely with your own, um, you know, professional coach about some of the areas that would make you a stronger leader. Um, So I've been involved in, in some of those team professional development dynamics, like you said, where you are assigned a specific coach to a specific leader or a specific executive. And I think they're actually wonderful because again, it's the exploration questions, you know, um, what, looking at what are some options you can create in your role um, and having that one-on-one with your coach to be able to explore that. So what are some new possibilities for you as this new fiscal year uh, turns the corner? You know, what are some other angles that you can think of, of how you look at the workspace? Um, So I I think they're powerful. I really do. (laughs) And what's nice about doing it after the fact is what resonates for you as interesting or as important comes to the top. And so when you ask someone, you know, okay, uh, I worked with one of the world's largest oil companies, they're going through a multi-year change management in their structure and how they want to relate to people. Um, And all of their senior leaders got a coach to say, okay, here are the new competencies and behaviors. What does Mm -hmm. that look like for you and your team? how will you implement it? And, you know, some of them, it's dealing with change. And by the way, even if you are 
you know, a couple of years away from retirement, then the question is, what do you want your legacy to be? Right. That's all. And your succession planning. I mean, and which, which, I mean, which a lot of them really don't think about, but I think it's very crucial too. It's who's the next guy or the next woman um, that's going to step in your shoes and have you work very closely with that individual? Have you identified and worked with them so that they do have some opportunities to already see the work? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think for me, it's been more working with um, two different types of groups. One has been the private practice groups that actually serve the healthcare um, hospital systems and the academic medicine group of individuals, very different. Um, I think you and I talked about this in one of the last episodes of season one, and it was all about just the changes that healthcare has gone through. Um, Just aggressive uh, changes in the past 20 years, I think, from buyouts to mergers. And then really, how does this play out with physicians when they're doing the day-to-day, you know, at the patient bedside, um, other medical ancillary staff members, how are they handling the changes? And then patient care, how is this going to impact patient care, patients and their families? So honestly, Lindsay, I really think that coaching has come a long way in the past 20 years. I think that, um, you know, for some reason, it, it took a little bit longer to tap into that particular industry. And I think that now definitely, especially after the pandemic, there's definitely more awareness of the need to have someone come on board and and help play this tremendous role um, in helping to sort of channel some of these changes and um, utilizing us as an accountability partner to get through some of these changes with them. So lots of strides have been made and it's been really exciting to see that. Um, and the biggest thing is that they don't see us just as remediation coaches. And what I mean by that, and I'm going to say that <laughs> to our listeners, is that coaching is not, you know, hey, you've done something wrong. Let me slap you on the hand. Don't do that again. And it serves as just like remediation. Yes, there are some times that we get clients that get assigned coaching because of, you know, particular reasons like that. Uh, but for the most part, no, it's really... They seek it out or the institution or the organization seeks it out because they see the value that we bring. Um, And for me, it's very different. I mean, so, you know, I have to shift between, again, the the groups that are serving the healthcare systems or just the private healthcare systems directly or the academicians, which hold, um, you know, specific academic positions, but then they also have to see patients and train trainees. So, very different worlds, but lots of value there. Again, lots of value in having them explore uh, the now and what, you know, those powerful questions, you know, what are some changes that they would like to see? Um, You know, what does their workspace look like? You know, what, you know, what is it that they would want or need? What are some of their biggest challenges or opportunity, that kind of thing. And, And that I think is a key difference coaching is about asking. It's Mm -hmm. not about telling. And the idea behind coaching is powerful questions and sitting in the silence. Very true. Um, Even as coaches, we also have to embrace that, right? Mm -hmm. The better listening skills um, where you're giving the client that space to actually explore brainstorm some of those new possibilities, looking at things from a different angle, um, searching for different options and possibilities. 
Um, you know, what else, you know, what else could this look like? And then when they tell you, you know, I think I could lead in in a different way if I had X, Y, and Z, then priving and asking them even further, you know, such as what, you know, and just getting deeper into those powerful questionings so that they can actually come up with sort of deep responses, but reflective responses, um, where they were... And their own answer too, right? right. Generated is is much more personal, relatable, and you know, doing what someone else says. Eh, okay, they said this. The if you come up with it yourself, you're much more likely to follow through with it. And it's that just that deep inquiry. And mm-hmm. you know, I I think at least with my training. You know, absolutely, there are elements of neuroscience, there are elements mm-hmm. of positive psychology, but ultimately coaching gets to that thing beneath the thing. It's, it's usually not what's on the surface. And we're not trying to be a head shrink or anything like that. But even when, you know, just giving you some case examples of how to use it within an organization, well, okay, we have this va- these values in this mission statement. That's going to mean different things to different people. So you could use coaching for the team or the group. What are the most important, you know, elements of patient care? You know, it's stepping mm-hmm. into your role. Well, what does that look like? What are the definitions? And you create a shared understanding so people are all growing in the same direction. That's right. I mean, I, that those planning questions too, you know, um, who are some of the resources that you have to pull at this time in order to get this new plan um, implemented? Um, what happens? And then also talking about what happens if the first plan fails, what is a backup plan? Um, so again, it's, it's a lot of perspective questions. It's a lot of planning questions and then the outcome questions too, you know, what is your desired outcome? And a lot of times we actually, in, you know, I will work with clients where we start from the back and work our way up, you know, what is your desired outcome and then work our way up to get to planning out and mapping out what that is. Um, but there's just so much power behind coaching because again, you have, you know, these powerful exploration questions, you have these powerful anticipation questions, outcome questions, perspective questions, and planning questions, you know, what are you going to do about it? Um, To our, all of our listeners, you know, one particular outcome question I have for all of you listening out there is what do you truly want? You know, here we are entering the fourth quarter of 2023, and you really only have about almost 90 days left to the year, which by the way, that sounds insane. (laughs) Very insane. Um, But I am happy we're moving forward into the fall and winter months. I think we definitely need it after the summer. But, you know, as the 90 days will roll really fast, start thinking about 2024. You know, what do you truly want? What is a desired outcome that you would like to have in 2024 that you just don't have the time or the space to actually reflect on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and encourage, you know, I do encourage all of our listeners to, if there is something burning inside of you that you would really love to start planning and, pu- and pulling together to seek out a professional coach that can work with you on the professional side of things, but also at the same time, and Lindsay, you know, this, it trickles over into the personal side, you know, better listening skills, better communication skills. Well, if you're doing that at work, 
you're going to see that actually you're a better communicator at home all of a sudden. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's important to, to think ahead like that and, and to start making some plans. Yeah. And if you, if you want to explore working with a coach, there are a variety of ways to do that. Um, obviously, you can reach out directly to Carmen or myself on our websites and schedule what's called a discovery call. You can ask questions. You can do a laser coach. You know, laser coaching is, okay, we're going to take 15 minutes to give you a taste of coaching and we're going to put on our coach's hat and you can see what it's like. Um, you can go to your local ICF, International Coaching Federation, or BCC, Board Certified Coach Directories, and you can search by industry, location, specialty, just like you can a physician. Um, but ultimately, it's about fit. Do you feel comfortable with this person? Do you feel like you can engage with this person? So we're going to have all of these links uh, in the show notes. The other things that I'd like to do, if you want to learn about coaching and how you can start using it as a manager or leader with your people, I love the book, The Coaching Habit by Michael Bungay Stanier. Stanier mm -hmm. Sorry, I always get that wrong. And then a podcast, if you want to hear coaching in action. Mm -hmm. Tom Henschel is a wonderful executive coach and he's a former actor. So he writes out scenarios that he's had to demonstrate very specific coaching situations mm -hmm. and he role plays. So you can hear it from both sides. It's called the look and sound of leadership. Love, mm -hmm. love, love Tom. Um, he's out in LA actor, but he's also been very involved in the ICF uh, chapter out there. And speaking of which, both Carmen and I, that's how we met actually. Um, <laughs> we were both part Hello. of the Houston chapter of the International Coaching Federation. I became the president, she was the communications director. We just really hit it off, we've stayed in touch. This has been super fun for us to explore these coaching uh, topics and the gaps. So that's our origin story. Carmen, would you have anything else to add before we close out? No, I mean, it was, it's, it's been such a beautiful story meeting you. <laughs> it was such a fun year. It really was serving the ICF Houston chapter. And since then, I mean, Lindsay is a phenomenal coach, um, an expert in the field and a wonderful colleague and friend. So it, it's been an amazing experience just getting close to her and knowing her these past several, three years now. Um, I, I think that, you know, we just really wanted to start season two with this sort of very informal but very important topic on what coaching is. Um, and like Lindsay said, we'll definitely plug in some of these tools and resources into the show notes. We're just happy that you guys are here with us again. And please make sure that you subscribe to all of your favorite podcasts and channels, whether it's, you know, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio. Spotify, there's a subscription little button that you can click on. So whenever we upload the episodes this season for season two, you should be able to get a notification that we've uploaded a new one and you can hear us. Your morning commute, your afternoon run, if you're a 4 a.m. Uh, workout person, which I'm not, <laughs> but my husband is, um, you know, you can even hear it, listen it to then, you know, at that time. So just we're very excited to connect with all of you again. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And if you have questions or if you have ideas that you want us to discover, please feel free to shoot us a message. 
Again, both of our contact information is in the show notes, and we look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.